0: Are you here? Hey, 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 welcome. Welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're bringing you an interview from Butch Trucks, legendary drummer and founding member of the Allman Brothers Band. Butch was born in Jacksonville, Florida in 1947. Sadly, Butch Trucks passed away in 2017. This interview from our video archives was filmed August 1st, 2012. And speaking of interviews, we got a lot of exclusive content like this that you just can't get anywhere else. You can subscribe to Paul Leslie's YouTube channel so you won't miss a thing. Got that? YouTube, Paul Leslie. Subscribe. And now we present the Budge Trucks interview.
1: It's a great pleasure to welcome Mr. Butch Trucks.
0: Oh, it is
2: a great pleasure to be met.
1: <laughs> well, the person we're talking to here, he's a legendary drummer and founding member of the Allman Brothers Band.
2: Yes, I am a legend in my own mind. I am.
1: Well, what about <laughs> your definition? Who is Butch Trucks?
2: Who is Butch? I am. Uh, I, I am. I am. Nobody but me. Uh, it, it's been funny, too. I, I, you, you have no idea how many people tell me that I made the name up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I said, no way that you were born with the name Butch Trucks and you're a rock and roll drummer. I mean, it's just too perfect a name for a rock and roll drummer. But uh, I'm a junior. Uh, I, my dad's name is Claude Trucks. And I'm Claude Trugs Jr. And when my dad was in my dad was in Patton's Army in uh, in the Third Army in, in World War II, uh, his nickname was Butch. And so my parents decided if I was going to be a boy, then I was going to be Butch because having two Claudes in the same house would be confusing. So we didn't want that. So I've been butch since I was born and some people don't believe that, <laughs> but it's the truth. Now, as far as who I am, I'm the drummer with the Almond Brothers band, uh, have been so for 40, let's see, it was 69, 43, 43. It was 43 years ago in March. That's right. 43 years. And uh, it has been marvelous. It's been a great, 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 great life. Uh, I I, I strongly suggest that everyone do the same.
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, I think most stories are best from the beginning. What was life like growing in the Trump's house?
2: it it was very different i was raised in the suburbs of jacksonville florida middle class family my dad was an optician had his own business uh so we did okay uh and i don't know why he decided to do it but uh uh, before I was born, my mom and him both drank and smoked, and they weren't much, you know, uh, you know, religious. And after I was born, he decided that that wasn't the right example to set, and he's that kind of person. Uh, he's 92 years old now, and he could probably still kick my butt. I mean he's a he he just he, he he's and and if you're going to interview Derek Derek will tell you the same thing he's just the finest person you'll meet ever you know and uh after I was born uh he quit smoking quit drinking and he and my mom both because they felt like that was not the right thing to do, and they joined the Southern Baptist Church. And every damn time the doors were open, I was there, like it or not, I was there. And uh, so I I grew up as as a, just a basic um, Southern white Baptist. Um, middle class and um i i don't know did you see the the uh, uh that that award we got for the um uh lifetime achievement award for the uh uh um uh the Grammys yes did you see the speeches we gave we did okay then you heard me talk about when when i first met j mo yeah And a lot of people got upset because they said, because I used the N word and I was trying to get across what was in my head because I had, you know, growing up in, in that environment, although I'll say this, my, my parents, you know, they, they, they were, they grew up in, in Alabama and they had every reason in the world to be racist. But, I never heard the word in my life in, in, in the house. Um, there, there was, they just, you know, I, I, I didn't know, I, I didn't know any, any black people. Uh, I grew up in a white neighborhood and, you know, all, all the way through high school, it was still segregated. They didn't integrate, um, I graduated in 1965, so I think it was the year later is when um, the the civil rights uh, um, uh, law. I uh, that, that think I think that's when uh, um, that's when the Supreme Court forced busing. Yeah, and and the high school that I went to became from all white we went went from all white to about eighty percent black overnight and uh but talking about me is you know i meeting meeting j mo was the that, that that was my first experience, and he scared the hell out of me i mean he really did i mean he he had these muscles and his you know the and he was wearing his the, these uh, uh, bear claws and, and uh, a tank top and, and and he just frowned like this and didn't say anything. And, you know, and yeah, I didn't know how to deal with him. I had no experience dealing with him at all. And I would say within two or three weeks, we were the best friends and we have been for 43 years. J Mo taught me. J Mo taught me th- that lesson. J Mo taught me that you know what you know, and it wasn't that 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 I was biased. I just didn't. I had no experience one way or the other.
1: Yeah.
2: Once I got to know J Mo, and once I got to know what a fine human being he was, and what a great guy he was. Then that gave me this incredibly positive uh um uh view of a black man
1: yeah
2: the first one that I really knew which which kind of makes you think that well maybe they're all that way, and maybe we're all up. i don't i don't know I don't know but uh um anyway, I left left home at 18 um, and just went out on my own after going to Florida State University for for two and a half years. And I managed to do something that very few people can do. So I graduated high school with about a 3.8 average. I was right at the top of my class. Um, in the National Honor Society and all that, so I'm, 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 I do okay academically, but I managed to flunk out of Florida State University.
1: What was and, the distraction? Why? Why did that happen? Pardon? Why did that happen? What was the distraction?
2: Well, see, I kind of went to Florida State University, to, and my major was staying out of Vietnam. I didn't really want to be there, <laughs> I mean, I, I really didn't, I, I, I wrote down math as my major and I made math my major because I was really good at it, but I didn't go to class ever. I got in a band and even at Florida State University, you kind of got to go to class every once in a while and take a test. and. After enough of not going to class and not taking tests, they asked me not to come back. But I made up for it. The band split up in 1976, uh, and I had just gotten married, and my wife wanted to go to—she had a a bachelor's degree in art. She's a painter, and she wanted to get her master's in, in fine arts and painting. And I wanted to go back to Florida State University just to get that off of my resume. I just didn't, I didn't like to have that on my resume. I just didn't like that. So the band splits up with the number one band in, in America at the time. When we split up, we were drawing more, we were selling more records. We were the number one band in the country. But I I don't know if you know the whole story about how, how it all happened, but we just, you know, it, 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 it just wasn't fun anymore. It was just, the, the music wasn't good anymore. Uh, we weren't getting along at all. Um, so we just, we just. We quit. We we just stopped. So my wife and I decided to go back, go to Tallahassee, since that's where I went to school. Since I'd gone to Florida State, and I wanted to go straighten that out. And they had a, a, they have a very good art school there. So she went, got her master's, and I went and taught myself back in. See, when when, when you flunk out with a one point eight average, they usually don't let you back in mm. but uh i i went to the uh uh the 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 guy who teaches percussion uh and florida state is is known as one of the best uh schools of music in the country i mean they're just superb especially for uh state university a state run university um and so, anyway, I, I I went and I talked to him, and and you know, and and I told him you know what had gone on and how I'd flunked out, and he and he said he said, well, well, why should they let you back in? I mean, and then I said, well, since I flunked out, I've gone out and become a professional musician. I have eight gold albums and about four plat- platinum albums. Uh, um, and and about that time, he said, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so, so he went and talked to the dean of the School of Music, and they let me back in. And so I got back in and took all of those courses that I had flunked before, because at Florida State, if... If you did bad on on a course, you could retake it and whichever grade was the best stayed in your record and the other one disappeared. So I went back and took all those things. I took chemistry, chemistry lab, um, uh, creative writing, uh, um, meteorology and all that stuff. And my first term there, I made five A's and a C, you know what the C was in?
1: I don't know, what was it?
2: Percussion. <laughs> I'm one of the best drummers in the world and they give me a C in drums. <laughs> Why do you think it was a C? What? Because I didn't practice. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> he did the right thing. He, he was trying to teach me uh, orchestral percussion. And I knew damn good and well I'm never gonna be playing in a symphony orchestra. So I spent all of my time studying all those other courses and aced all of them and 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 he knew I wasn't practicing, so so the next the next term I did a little practicing and, and I got five A's and a B. So at least I made the dean's list and and my uh, my GPA went from a 1.8 to a 3.8, so I said, okay, that's all right. all right. I don't need a degree for anything, so <laughs> so so I went back out and got back into playing music again.
1: You were talking a, a bit ago about J-Mo, the person. What do you think about J-Mo as a drummer?
2: God, he's amazing. He's amazing. I mean, he's... There are times when, when, uh, when you can't tell him from Max Roach and he, it bothers him, you know, cause he, he loved Max so much and he studied and he just listened to him, and, studied, and studied and studied and studied. And when, you know, when he was in high school and, you know, when he was younger. You know, he just he played Max Roach. I mean, he just played him so much, and it got to where he just could play anything <laughs> Max did. And and if you can play as well as Max Roach, you're a hell of a drummer. And but not only does he does, does he do that, he plays like himself. And you know, it's just it's great playing with him because you know we we um, we don't have to we don't practice we never have i mean we we've never practiced we've never worked out our patterns together at all we just play and the way he plays and the way i play just they work they just go together i play hard strong straight driving rhythms and he he's much more of a, a syncopated jazz rhythm and so you know it it works and and the, the only thing that could be a problem would be the two bass drums and we saw that by him using an 18 inch bass drum and not putting a muffler on it so it sounds more like a tom-tom so mine is the is the bass drum in the band And, and his, his is more like just adds rhythm, adds rhythm. Mine, mine is kind of, well, it is, it's, it's, it's the one that, that when, when you're listening to the band, it's the one that, that, you know, that's hitting you in the stomach and his is more up here. It's more like a, a Tom, Tom.
1: You were talking about Derek trucks a little while ago.
2: Yeah. That's your nephew. That's my nephew. That's my brother's son. What do you? Th- and you have no idea how many people have asked me, "Well, is that your brother or sister's son?" And 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 I just have to look at him. I said, "His last name is Trucks. You figure it out."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you think his legacy is going to be?
0: Whew.
2: I don't think I know. I mean, I mean, right now, I I think Derek's the best damn the best damn guitar player there is. And I've seen him up there with 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 people. I've seen him on stage several times with with people that people think are the best. And I've seen him blow them away completely. Uh, he's just I. I can't describe him. I, I mean, he—he's just—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—I—I—it's it's, 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 I, 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 indescribable, and and it's been that, that way since the first time I saw him play at age twelve. You know, I just saw him. I mean, and the—the the thing about him that is so different is he was a prodigy. But child prodigies normally are just really technically very good. You know, like they can play the notes. They can play them really fast. But there's no, there's no feel. There's no emotion. And but the first time I saw Derek play, I saw him. He did a slow blues, and he just grabbed a note. And it not allowed, Just, just grabbed a note and just held it, and just held it and held it. And the, and they went through, the band went through three full progressions of the twelve bar, and he's little by little by little letting that that note gain you know gain volume while the band gets louder. When he came off of that note and started playing the damn, the roof just went off. I mean, and I'm thinking, geez. 12-year-old kids don't know that. Most adults don't know that. I mean, that's just nothing but pure emotion. It's just, you know, that's feel. The only part, the only other guitar player I've ever seen do something like that was B.B. King. And here's this blind-headed 12-year-old kid, you know, I think Derek, is, his his legacy is going to be uh, one of the best, if not the best, in his field, without a doubt. He already is. You were talking. Have you heard him?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Enough said. <laughs>
1: it's, it's harder to get close to the stage now that everybody knows how incredible he is. Yeah, I always started seeing the Derek Trucks band before the buzz started to build. So, yeah. Yeah. Big fan of the band.
2: Then you know what I Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you could have said what I just said then.
1: Well, maybe not as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the thing about the Ullman Brothers band is we're living in a time where bands last like six months sometimes, if that. And okay. there's this band that's been together since 1969. Why do you think that the Ullman Brothers Band has been able to continue like that?
2: Because we play. Because we play. And, uh, you know, everybody in the band is a a first-rate musician. Um, We listen to each other. Um, And 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 also it's it's diversity every night's a different set I mean we're still playing whipping posts. God knows how many times we've played it, but we've never played it the same way twice It's always different I mean we're always in know it, it's it's kind of odd but you know recently we've been, we've done some jamming with 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 some uh you know, well-known players, and uh, and you know, and I'm thinking, man, they, you know, they're having a hard time jamming, you know. And and I mentioned that to a couple of guys in the band. And they said, yeah, well, you know. And and I mentioned it to Warren, and you know, Warren, being a guitar player, said, he said, Butch, you know, not every guitar player out there really knows how to improvise. You know, it's, you know, um, most, uh, most bands get up and they learn how to play a song and then they play that song the same way every night. You know, it's the same thing every night. It's in, and you put them up there and then, and, and just start playing, just going for it. He said, he said, for, for me, he said, I love just watching them and see that light bulb go up, go off when they finally figure out that we're just making it up. That you know they, they they didn't know that before they got up there and and now and then they're up there kind of lost. You know. <laughs> so, but no, it's 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 we're we're still we're still playing with 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 power and 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 it's getting bringing Derek in did, did, did wonders, you know, because what Derek really, really added a lot when it comes to dynamics and you know, De- Derek's, you you if you've heard him play a solo, then, you know, he, he starts out you can barely hear him. And by the time he finishes, he blowing your head off, you know? So, and, and, and that's, that's one thing that, Far too many bands in, in in our genre, they they don't even know what dynamics means. You know, it's just loud. You just just play loud. You know, <laughs> and, and and you know when when you're playing with dynamics, when you're playing with 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 uh, uh, um, um, you know diversity and, and 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 changing things up every night, it's not boring. And you don't lose your audience, you know. Those people that come to the Beacon, they come back every year, you know. <laughs> we and 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 it's because you know we 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 keep it interesting. Yeah, uh, the the only explanation I can come up with.
1: Do you think that the Almond Brothers Band will still be performing seven years from now? To hit the fifty anniversary. I doubt it. No, you think it's getting closer to the end? Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because we're we're not the one thing we're not going to do is you know, I just hit 65. Um, I'm still going as strong as I ever have. But I don't think I could do it another seven years. I, f- I figure another two or three years, another two or three years, maybe, 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 maybe more. I don't know. And then again, I don't know. We may be doing it 20 years from now. Who, who knows? But, but, you know, if I had to, to, to if I had to, to put a big bet on it, I would I would not think that we'd still be together seven years from now, no. Another two or three years, yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there's one thing that is special, and that's the beacon. We might still be playing there seven years from now. Yeah. Because we, everybody sure loves that. Yeah. Now, it, it, mm-hmm. the one thing is, Everybody is a little bit, you know. We've been doing it for so long. Everybody is a little tired of the road, you know, going out and, you know, bouncing up. You, you want to, you want to know uh, uh, why? Why? Uh, yeah, everybody talks about America being the the greatest at everything. Go drive a car around Europe sometime, and then go drive a car around the northeast quadrant of the USA. No, better than that, get in the tour bus and try to sleep. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, we've, we 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 ter- we've done enough traveling, you know, and so I, I think that that's probably gonna stop it plus like i said i'm 65. uh i don't know how much longer i can keep my strength to the to the to the level it is you know and without that we just can't play we just can't do it if i can't drive the band then we just not it's not gonna go so um so we'll see
1: There have been so many musicians who have sat in with the Allman Brothers Band. Little Milton. I mean, you could just list so many people. Who has been the favorite for you? Or could you pick maybe a couple of the favorite musicians who sat in with the Allman Brothers Band?
2: Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. That's a hard one. Well, one of the one of the, the 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 best moments, and and it's because of who he is. But one of the best moments is when we did Layla with with Clapton. I mean that that's special. I mean, if you're a musician, you know you know what I mean. That song with him. You know that 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 was special. That was really special. Uh, I think the, the 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 two instrumentalists that I like playing with the most is Randy Brecker and Bill Evans.
1: Evans. Well,
2: oh, we just played with Bill two nights ago. If if it was up to me, he'd be in our band. <laughs> he can play i mean he can play you know what i'm talking about oh, yeah okay okay <laughs>
1: you have a blog the uh, butch trucks that
2: the butch called. trucks yeah you got it
1: <laughs> and on there you talk about the new memoir that greg allman has written my mm-hmm. cross to bear was there anything that surprised you when you're reading the book yeah
2: he was he he was a lot more open than I thought he would be, you know? Greg hasn't been the, um, uh, what would you call the, uh, (laughs) well, you you wouldn't want your children to to follow in his footsteps, let's put it that way, (laughs) and he knows it, you know, Greg's, Greg's, um, you know, he's made, made a lot of mistakes and, well, we all have, but, but we're not all Greg Allman and, and, um, he didn't have to, he didn't have to, you know, to tell these stories, you know, he could have, you know, covered him up made him sound you know he didn't he didn't have to but i was very i was very very surprised at how open he was and truthful and uh i I was very i was really proud of him really really proud of him for 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 that. you know because i didn't expect it a dancer didn't expect it and and um but he did it, and uh, yeah, I, th- I I thought it was it. it if if you like the Almond Brothers, you sure have to get the book. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I got to interview J-Mo. It was just an audio interview, but this was a couple weeks ago, and he said, "You better interview Butch before he moves to France."
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I I am. I mean, I have been planning this for. A decade, you know. Are you uh, pursue any music there, or are there any music? No, there? I, 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 don't. I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll put together a blues band and, you know, play some, some music, play some blues, uh, you know, around the little village. We, we, my wife and I have this 14th century, uh, mosque in an area called the Long Dock. It's uh, down just west of Provence. Um, and we're completely upgrading it. We're, we've we got geothermal heating and air and, uh, solar panels and, uh, 150 foot well and everything else. So, uh, when, when, when it hits the fan, I figure we, we may be able to survive, But but it's just so beautiful there. Just so beautiful, and this is for my wife, being an artist. This is the land of Matisse and Van Gogh, and you know that's. It's just, you know, she she. When we go there, when we go, it's not finished yet, so we we haven't moved in yet. But um, when we go there, we'll go and just uh, we we stay in a bed and breakfast in a, in this little village. The 14th century village that's about five miles from us. And we'll go out and just stay at, at our house all day long. And she just sets up and paints and she's just happy as she can be. I mean, because it's, it's a beautiful thing to paint. It really is. And um, anyway, what JMO is talking about is I have been planning for years to write books, write several the first one about dwayne um if you heard my my story at the uh at the grammys then you can you, you can understand why i feel i owe dwayne allman a lot uh and he and i he and I, were we're very we're we're good friends. We 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 used to anytime we'd have a day off and we somewhere we'd go go to some fishing store and buy a Zebco rod and reel and go bass fishing. And we and and we both love to read. I mean, Dwayne read like crazy. I think you you if you just read Greg's book, you know that. I mean Greg talks about how much uh, you know Dwayne Dwayne never graduated high school and he was better educated than most college graduates I know I mean he 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 read he he read and he read and he read re- real you know philosophy you know real real literature um and, and we used to go out and sit and 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 fish and talk and 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 talk about these books, you know. You know, I I'd, I'd read them too, and you know, and and talk about them and how they affected our lives and everything else. And I mean, there there is a there is a a a side to Dwayne Allman that no one has ever heard before, and I'm the only one that can tell it seriously i'm the only one that can tell it because i'm the only one that was there uh you know he he, no nobody else in the band was you know did much reading and and dickie liked to fish he'd go fishing with us every once in a while but you know it was mostly duane and i we'd just go fishing and 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 talk Talk about uh, like 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 I said, philosophy, literature, um, and and how it affects our lives. And if you've read that, um, that you know what what's on his gravestone, uh, have you read that?
1: I have seen a picture of it, but I can't recall what it says.
2: Um. Well, he wrote it when he was 21 years old. Uh, find it. it I, th- I think you can find it on our on the Almond Brothers Band website. I think it's on there. If not, you can find it just by Googling Dwayne Almond. You're gonna find it somewhere. Yeah. But you'll never believe a 21 year old man wrote this and then that that happened he wrote it new year's eve 1969 three months later is when we started the allen brothers and 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 when after you read this you'll know what i'm talking about and i'm sure a lot of people listening to me know what i'm talking about <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is the best thing about being watch trucks?
0: Oh God.
2: The best thing, I'm just so damn good looking. I mean, I can't help it, you know. I just born you know, you know, my wife's jealous all the time and and I'm kidding, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I just I every I just like being me. I like I like to read. I, I mean, I, I just finished Ulysses. That was a ten-year project. i spent ten years on that one. I spent about eight years on on a wild goose chase. And I'll tell anybody out there that if you think you're going to to learn anything about James Joyce Ulysses by reading Homer, don't waste your time. Because that's what I thought. I read every version that there is, and there's a lot of of translations of Homer's uh, Odyssey. And 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 I read them several times because, you know, I, you know, the name of the book is Ulysses, you know, and you, and you, and you know that James Joyce patterned the, the book after Homer's, the odyssey, but what, what, and, and I've, and I spent like, like I say, like about seven years, just just learning Homer. I know Homer and the Odyssey inside and out. I've read it so many times. But then I got to the point where I thought I was ready for Joyce, and I started reading it, and I couldn't make head and their tails out of it. I mean, I read a couple of chapters, and I finally, the, the first time, I, I just put it down. It, I couldn't make any sense out of it. You know, and so I went back and did some more studying and then I tried it again and I couldn't make any sense out of it. So, so I got this lecture about Ulysses and found out that I was just completely wrong, that Joyce did not use uh, Homer. Basically, all all he used it for was for a, a structure. And it's not even, and see, this is what really messed me up, is in the Odyssey, you know, there's there's a certain, you know, he, uh, um, Odysseus runs into the Lotus Eaters first, and then the the Cyclops, and then Circe, and then, you know, and 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 so you would expect that James Joyce is going to be following those things, but he doesn't. He doesn't at all. So you, if you're thinking that you're, it, you know, it, 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 you, you, that you're you're reading Joyce and you're thinking that 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 you're, say, in, with Cersei, but it doesn't make any sense. You know, nobody's turning into pigs, you know. Um, And it doesn't make any sense, and and that's because he didn't. I mean, it's all completely rearranged, and and I and I've come to find out that people take that book too seriously. I mean, James Joyce was brilliant. He was a brilliant, brilliant man, and that may be the greatest. Book written in 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 Western literature, but it is not as serious as everyone thinks it is. There's a lot more humor in it than than people think it is. And you try to take that humor and you try to make sense out of it. You try to make something really really uh, uh, important, you know, out of it. And that's that's I love to read. I love to read, and I love to play music and I love playing with the Alden Brothers. So that's enough. That's enough. And and to be able to do it for 43 years, mostly, not. I mean, we took a few years off there, but we needed to, and and now we're coming back, and it's it's stronger than ever, and it's just it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. I mean. And God, (laughs) I'll make a really good living and I'll only work a few hours a year.
1: (laughs) My last question, for anyone who's watching this or listening, what do you want to say to all the people? And totally open-ended.
2: What do I want to say to all the people? What I would like to say to every American out there is... Wake up, wake up. Most people will never do it, but read Rousseau, read Jefferson, read, go read Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. If you wanna see If you want to read exactly what's going on here right now, go read the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, especially right around the time of Julius Caesar, because that's what's going on here. America right now is being controlled by about 400 families. We are not a democracy anymore. We're an oligarchy. We're a plutocracy. And if if we don't wake up and do it quick and 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 take this power away from these few people, I mean, it's all there. The facts are there. I'm not just making this up. You know, I'm, I'm not just a liberal, de- you know, Democrat who's just saying what liberal Democrats say. The facts are, that 400 people control the vast vast majority of the wealth in this country and if you have money you got power if you got power you're in charge and that's a fact and we've got to get we've got to the most important thing from that i think that i can say it's political, right now. It's one reason that I bought this place in France because I, I've read Rousseau. You read Rousseau, and 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 you look at every civilization that goes that follows this same pattern. Starts out. We started out as a as a as a um, uh, as a, as as an agrarian country with a lot a lot of small family farms everybody worked hard they came in at night enjoyed each other's company enjoyed the food that they ate and and then little by little by little we get more and more and more sophisticated and Rousseau used to talk about one one of his great quotes was uh when 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 a society starts worrying more about uh what what its meal looks like rather than what it tastes like it is in decline and that's that's just you, you can just take that that one quote and 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 figure it out i mean the country right now i mean we would everybody just everybody wants to be rich everybody and 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 you know we 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 we're, we're losing our, our 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 morality i mean god how old are you 30 okay 65 i mean i i i lived d- during a time when when this country had 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 a, a lot was much more moral uh, during the 50s and 60s. I mean, we had our problems. I mean, I obviously the you know the racist problems, but but we were heading in the right direction. We were. We're not doing that anymore. We're heading in the wrong direction now. We're headed absolutely in the wrong direction. And we got fewer and fewer people getting richer and richer and richer, and the vast majority getting poorer and poorer and poorer. And that's a fact. That's not an opinion. I mean, that's simple enough to go look it up, see how many people, see where the wealth is, and see, see. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and start talking Republican, Democrat, or anything else. But you know, it's it's not a question of that. It's a question of who's, you know, where's our freedom? Where's our democracy? Do are we? Do we really have control of our our lives any any longer? Um, and worse than that which way are we headed okay is that enough well okay.
1: I appreciate this
0: I appreciate it too
1: thank you for the interview thank you been a great pleasure
0: we thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie hour today You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting www.thepauleslie.com slash support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of The Entertainer intro song and Corina Corina outro song courtesy of John Premorano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe and be good.